Hello and welcome. I'm Megan Crabtree, and one of my favorite times of the day is when I'm getting ready and can throw on a true crime case without distraction. Every week, we dive into a new case while you grab your makeup, sip your coffee, and get ready with murder. You wake up in the early morning hours and turn over, reaching across the covers for your spouse. Only, when your hands feel for their body, there isn't anyone there. You open your eyes and clear the sleep from them, attempting to visualize your wife, but your eyes only confirm what your hands didn't feel. She really isn't there. Perhaps she woke up for a glass of water, or maybe she just couldn't sleep and started her day early. You know that she often likes to take walks alone to clear her head, and so you do consider that for a moment, but she also has a broken toe, so this option really isn't that likely. You decide to climb out of your bed and start searching the house for her. As you walk the hallway and enter the kitchen, you can see that all of your wife's personal belongings that she would need to go anywhere are still present, down to her walking boot. But she isn't anywhere to be found. Panic starts to set in, and at this point, you know you need to call your sons and the police. This is the mysterious disappearance and death of Lynn Messer. It's the summer of 2014 in the quiet farm town of St. Genevieve, Missouri. As most Julys go in the Midwest, it is a warm and humid evening on July 7th, 2014. St. Genevieve is what you would imagine a Midwest farm town being. It's surrounded with cattle farms, dirt roads, and a traditional Midwest life. 52-year-old Lynn Messer and her husband of 34 years, Carrie Messer, lived on a 260-acre farm that they tended to daily. Their farm had been in their family for over four generations, and Lynn's calling was being on that farm. She was a huge animal lover, and she was dedicated and such a good hard worker. Now grown, Lynn's sons, Abram, who was 32, and Aaron, who was 33, were having children of their own, and Lynn absolutely adored her grandchildren. As I said earlier, this farm had been in the family now for four generations, and Lynn's youngest son, Abram, and his wife, Elizabeth, actually lived on the farm just about a half a mile away from the main house which I am sure it was Lynn's biggest joy to have her family on this farm alongside her watching those grandbabies grow up. Now, Elizabeth, Lynn's daughter-in-law, recalled of Lynn that they were more than just neighbors on this farm, but they were truly friends. There was a lot of mutual love and respect between Lynn's son's families and Lynn. Aaron, Lynn's older son, lived about half an hour away from the farm with his three children, and they would regularly stop by the farm with the kids to spend time with their Elizabeth said that Lynn was the type of person who would just be there for you at a moment's notice. She could call her at midnight and her mother-in-law would be there for her no matter what it was that she needed. Lynn was a faithful churchgoer and her son said that she was there every Sunday, Wednesday, and every single time those church doors were open. Often, Lynn would experience bouts of anxiety. She really didn't like this feeling of leaving anything open-ended, and it just really gave her a lot of anxiety. She always wanted to make sure that loose ends were tied up no matter what it was that she was doing, and sometimes she would get into this like headspace. So Lynn was known for taking long walks by herself just to really clear her thoughts. I'm talking sometimes she would walk for like two hours at a time. It was just like her way of dealing with stress and we all have those ways, you know? Also at this time, Lynn had been experiencing extra stress and anxiety as she was dealing with the loss of her father just four months prior to her disappearance. And then just a month following her dad's funeral, 
Lynn discovered that she had chronic bursitis in her hips and it was actually getting worse. And unfortunately, this isn't something that can be cured and would continue to cause her pain for the rest of her life. And that's big news. Like that's an awful thing to hear. You're going to be in chronic pain for the rest of your life. All of this together was so difficult for Lynn to process. And she was also just such an active person and living on a farm really required an active lifestyle. So again, that's just a lot for anybody to take in. So on the afternoon of July 7th, Lynn was teaching a religious studies class with arts and crafts as she did every day over the summer. She loved working with little kids at the church and teaching them about God. After class, Lynn ran to Walmart to buy some more art supplies for the kids the following day. And that evening, Carrie, Lynn's husband, was preparing to go on a weekly business trip to Jefferson City, where he runs a foundation that promoted Christian principles in the Missouri State Legislature. Around 11.30 p.m., Lynn called her son Aaron, and she left him a message about getting together with him and her grandson to work on his schoolwork together the following day. And then at 11.45 p.m., Lynn sends a few text messages back and forth with her daughter-in-law, Elizabeth, making plans to go swimming the next day with her. Lynn also had plans to pick up her three grandkids and watch them for the afternoon the next day. And then, of course, she was going to go teach her Bible classes again. So her day was pretty slam-packed for the following day, and she decided to go to bed right around midnight. The next morning, around 4 a.m., Carrie hears the rumbles of thunder as a summer storm was passing over the farm. When he looked over at the other side of the bed for Lynn, he realized that she wasn't there. Now, Carrie knows, as mentioned before, that sometimes when Lynn is under stress or even she just can't sleep, she's known to go on these long walks by herself. Granted, this would have been odd given the fact that it was storming, but the thought did immediately cross Carrie's mind. So he figured that she had just gotten up, went for a walk, and then after laying there for a little bit, he decided that he'd better get up and start searching for her. After checking through the house and finding all of her personal belongings that she would need to go anywhere, he leaves the house and expands the search to the farm. They had actually been experiencing some plumbing problems inside of their main home, so Carrie wondered if maybe she left to use the bathroom that was in the barn because there was like this little apartment that they had in there that had a bathroom. But then Carrie noticed something that immediately immediately alerted him as odd when he went to go search this apartment. He noticed that one of the family's ATVs, it was missing. So remember that Lynn and Carrie's son, Abram, and his family lived on the other side of this large 260-acre farm. So around 4.15, Carrie frantically is trying to gain access to Abram's home through the front door, which was locked with an inside chain lock. Abram's dogs are like going crazy. And the next thing that Abram and Elizabeth hear is Carrie screaming for Abram in like this super panicked state. Well, Elizabeth even recalled thinking like, oh my gosh, is the house on fire? Like, why is he frantically knocking on our door trying to get inside at four o'clock in the morning? So Abram, he steps outside on the porch to see his shirtless father in this completely panicked state. And of course, Abram is like, what is going on? You know? And his dad is like, did you bring that four-wheeler up here to your house last night or this morning? Like that's the first words that were out of Carrie's mouth to his son after he's frantically beating down his door at four o'clock in the morning. And Abram is like super caught off guard. Like why are you asking me about a four-wheeler at 4.15 in the morning knocking on my door like a lunatic? 
You know what I mean? So Abram collects his thoughts and explains to his dad, like, yeah, I did bring the four-wheeler up to the house after I got off work yesterday. And then with that, Carrie, he stomps off to his car, pauses, turns around. And then at this point, he informs Abram that he doesn't know where Lynn is and that his mother is missing. Abram, again, is standing here like, what the heck is going on? Why is my dad showing up in this panicked state about a four-wheeler at four o'clock in the morning? And what does he even mean like my mom is missing? Like, don't you think he should have led with that? So he's he's confused and I don't blame him because I would be so confused too. So Carrie gets back into his truck and he drives away, just leaving Abram there to process this. And Abram goes inside and he tells his wife, he's like, hey, this is what just happened with my dad. I'm super confused. And then he was like, oh, wait a minute. You know what? I bet that mom went to the barn apartment to use the restroom because he remembered that they were having like those septic plumbing issues inside of the main house. And he is like, hey, she probably just went into the apartment to use the restroom and then like fell asleep in there or is just wandering around the apartment. So Abram's fears and worries are pretty much immediately alleviated as he makes this realization and Elizabeth is like, yeah, you're probably right. I'm sure this is all just some kind of big misunderstanding and your mom, she's fine. Now, This is a little strange to me, but Abram describes on an episode of Disappeared that his mother is actually known for getting lost in like familiar places. He goes on to explain that his mother had never been very good with directions. And there was even this one time when he was like 10 or 11 years old that he woke up in the middle of the night because he could hear his mom crying in the dining room. And the reason she was crying was because she didn't know where she was. And I mean, okay, here's the thing. I get lost too, okay? I would be nothing without my phone GPS. Honestly, like MapQuest was all printed out all over my vehicle before GPS was a thing. But I can say with like absolute clarity that I have never gotten lost in my own home. Like, this is so weird to me. It almost sounds like she had possible, like, early onset dementia, but I'll be clear that there is no mention of that being the case in Lynn's story. This is just something that I found really strange. So feeling confident that his mom is probably just lost in the barn apartment, wandering around at 4 a.m. as one does, he and his wife decide to go back to sleep and assume that his dad would find his mom when he got back to the main house. Now, it's daylight around 6.45 a.m., and Lynn's older son arrives to the farm as usual and begins his typical routine. His father finds him and gives him the news that he can't find his mom. And at this point, Carrie also throws in that Lynn had left a note that had him concerned. And he explains that he found this note on the kitchen table. And Carrie will only tell Aaron like one line from the note, which read, quote, Pop, I love you and I'm so sorry, unquote. But he refused to let Aaron see the note or read it himself in its entirety. And Aaron just like Abram, right? He's confused as heck. And he, before like he can get any kind of sense of this situation or the fact that his mother is missing, Carrie quickly hops back into his truck and leaves. Apparently, this is just Carrie's thing to drop these bombs of information and then hop back in his truck and scurry about his way. Aaron immediately runs out to the main barn and starts searching for his mom and calling out for her. Meanwhile, Abram 
on the other side of the farm, he's now awake. And at this point, he is trying to call both his mom and his dad's cell phones, but he's not getting any answer until around 7.15 a.m. when Carrie finally picks up his phone. Well, Abram asks him, you know, like, what is going on, dad? And Carrie tells him briefly about this note that he had mentioned to Aaron, that his mom left and that they probably need to call the sheriff's department. So Abram, in this shocked state, is like, okay, dad, what do you need from me? Like, what can I do in this situation to help? And it's at this point that Carrie directs his son to go and move the cows. So even though he found his request very odd, Abram goes and he moves the cows out of the pasture to another one. By 8 a.m., Aaron had been searching all of the buildings on the farm, including that apartment in the barn. And when he turns up nothing, it's at this point that the police are finally called out. And Aaron calls 911 to explain the situation about his mother being missing. Detective Austin Clark and Sheriff Gary Stolzer are immediately on the case and really on edge about Lynn being missing as this just doesn't happen in St. Genevieve. When they arrive at the farm, they discuss how Lynn would go on these long walks and that that's probably what happened here. You know, case closed, no biggie. She's probably just on this walk. So Abram and Sheriff Stolzer go off on a search looking in the fields and on the woods, on the farm. And then Detective Clark, well, he stayed back at the house and talked to Carrie, trying to pin down exactly what could have happened. Carrie backtracks the morning and what he woke up to that day. And then once he had initially questioned Carrie, Detective Clark began securing the main home as a crime scene. He looked for any signs of a possible struggle or break-in, and he just, he doesn't find anything. Everything looked normal. He finds all of Lynn's personal belongings, like her cell phone and keys, and even that medical walking boot because of her broken toe. It was all accounted for. If Lynn left on her own to go on one of her walks or get some fresh air, it was clear that she didn't intend on going far or being gone long, considering she did not bring anything with her. Now, at this point, Carrie gives the detective the note that Lynn had left, and immediately, Detective Clark notices that this note is more of like an I'm sorry type of note, not just a note that's like, hey, I'm going to go for a quick walk. One of the lines of the note literally says, quote, I'm sorry I made you hate me. I'm sorry, everyone, unquote. So the investigators naturally start asking about Lynn's state of mind and if she was possibly depressed or anything like that. And Carrie, he like immediately jumps on the defense, right? He's like almost offended that they would even possibly ask that question. And he says, no, his wife was never depressed, has never been depressed, has never been on antidepressants. And he's going on and on and on. And Abram is standing here and he overhears this and he's so confused because he knows good and well that his mom had been on antidepressants for well over a decade at the time that she went missing. It wasn't a secret at all that she battled depression. And many of their family members went on to say that they believed that Carrie struggled with this, likely due to his position in the community and the church, and that he didn't want people to know that Lynn had been on antidepressants because in his mind, it went against the vision of like a perfect church family, you know? Now, Elizabeth, Abram's wife, is alarmed at this point because they knew about an incident that Carrie wasn't sharing with the police. Apparently, around six months prior to Lynn going missing, Lynn had expressed that she wanted to commit 
suicide. She had taken a gun out to the barn and said that she wanted to take her own life. And she ultimately decided not to, but this was something that Carrie was deeply ashamed that his wife had done. And while Abram and Elizabeth are explaining this incident to the police, Carrie jumps in and he starts shouting, no, that didn't happen. And he's like yelling at Elizabeth. And Elizabeth tells him like, except that it did happen, Carrie, because Lynn herself told me that she did this. And then at this point, Carrie says, quote, well, I didn't know that you knew about that. Unquote. In the episode of Disappeared, Abram explains that it was at this very moment that he realized that his father was not telling the truth. So now police are onto a new theory, and that was that Lynn went out into the night ready to possibly harm herself. So they call out search and rescue dogs and plenty of backup to search this farm and area thoroughly. Elizabeth described it as hundreds of search and rescue crew walking the farm in straight lines over and over and over again, going over every single square inch of the farm three times. Despite the effort, there was no sign of Lynn. And at this point, suicide became less plausible because if she did in fact harm herself, they would have found her during these searches. Like you can't kill yourself and then hide your own body. So she would have been discovered. Quickly though, a new theory emerges regarding her disappearance and investigators theorize that she possibly took the wrong medication or maybe even too much of her medication by mistake got disoriented, left the house, and didn't know who she was or where she was at the time. Lynn was prescribed sleeping pills, pain pills for her bursitis, and antidepressants, so it wouldn't have been out of the realm of possibility for this to have accidentally happened. In fact, there were three incidents that one of her family members recalls where Lynn accidentally confused her medications and took the wrong one or took too much of the medication, and there was like a time she wrecked her car. There was a time she passed out in the kitchen and got a black eye. So this wasn't something that was like not a possibility. Again, this stuff sounds a lot to me like early onset dementia, but it's not mentioned at all in any of my research. Just something that I'm putting together with the pieces. Now, the following night, police set up roadblocks and stopped drivers asking if they saw anything unusual or suspicious in case Lynn made it to the highway and then like got into a vehicle and left. But despite their effort, they don't find any more clues about Lynn's disappearance during this roadblock. And then after another day and night of searching, the police decide to ask the immediate family to take polygraph tests. Now, Abram's responses to this polygraph test would raise concern with investigators. Abram actually ended up failing the polygraph test. And for the next nine hours after this, he was interrogated. And they were trying to figure out like if Abram had any reason for harming his mother. And Abram tells them that yes, about a week before his mother went missing, he had a really big blowout argument with his mom about how to raise his kids where he lashed out at her. And this must be why he failed, like because he felt guilty over that incident and losing his cool with his mom. However, he does go on to tell investigators that him and his mom did make peace after this incident a few days later, and he apologized to his mom and how he behaved. Other family members did back up Abram's account and really explain that she had a great relationship with Abram. No one believed that Abram could have had something to do with his mom going missing, but there was one thing that the investigators just could not get over. 
They couldn't understand why Abram moved the cows from the pasture that morning that his mother went missing. Detectives were trying to figure out if he moved the cows in an effort to cover up some kind of evidence that morning. And when Abram explained like, hey, my dad was the one that told me to move those cows. And when he tells me to do something, I listen. He is a very like authoritative person is how he described him. And it was one of those situations like if dad says do it, you do it. So when he asked him to move the cows that morning, it was no question. Like, he went and did it. Now, it was at this point that the police revealed to Abram that one of the search dogs had actually gotten a hit on Lynn's scent toward the cow pasture where it disappeared. And Abram suddenly realizes, like in this moment, that his father had him move those cows that morning to cover up evidence and shift the suspicion onto his own son. So detectives ask Carrie why he had his son move the cows. And Carrie just goes on to explain like, oh yeah, well actually last night Lynn and I were talking and she was the one that told me to move those cows because they were overdue for being moved to the other pasture. So now the police are like, okay, bro, let's just like completely backtrack all of your steps that night that Lynn went missing. And it was at this point that Carrie suddenly reveals that, oh yeah, I also washed my dog in the bed of my pickup truck on the night that Lynn went missing. And detectives thought that this was really odd in general, that he washed his dog in the back of his pickup truck. But they also thought that it was really convenient that he washed his dog or in their mind, possibly washed away some kind of evidence that could have been in the back of his pickup truck. So police tested the back of Carrie's truck, but they did not find any kind of blood or evidence. Now, police also took this opportunity to ask Carrie about several large bleach bottles that they had found during their initial search in the Messer residence inside of the bathtub. And Carrie told police that he and Lynn make their own bleach. And I don't know, I mean, that's what he told them. And I guess they accepted that answer as just another random thing that farmers do. But listen, I'm in a farming family and we definitely don't make our own bleach. So I find this a little bit sus. Detectives also asked about Lynn's note that she had left, and investigators noticed immediately that the note was left in print, and just from their initial investigation around the Messer household, they could see that Lynn typically wrote in cursive. So Carrie goes on to insist that the writing on the note is, in fact, Lynn's, and the note itself looked really broken up and written at, like, different times. It was weird because the pen started out in, like, an ink pen in the beginning of the note, And then the middle of the note is like a marker, almost like a Sharpie marker. And then the end of the note ends with an ink pen again, which is really strange. Like if you're just writing a quick note, why are you changing your writing utensil? So police do send this note to a lab for analysis and the results on the handwriting analysis turn out to be inconclusive. The family continued to search for Lynn every single day and Carrie held a press conference begging for Lynn to come home. So seven months go by and Carrie goes on TV again asking deer hunters to help find his wife because it was deer season at that point. And then suddenly the entire investigation, it is turned upside down. Why? Because they find out that Carrie had been having an affair on his wife with a woman named Spring who had been a family friend for over 20 years. Now, Carrie would obviously tell detectives, oh, no, 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 my relationship with Spring didn't start until 
after Lynn went missing. But Lynn's family doesn't believe that. And honestly, no one believes that this relationship just like came out of thin air. Some of Messer's family even wondered if Lynn knew about this affair. Elizabeth explained a moment that she had with Lynn where she was riding in the car one day before Lynn went missing. And Lynn looked straight at Elizabeth and told her completely randomly, quote, if anything ever happens to me, I want Carrie to marry Spring, unquote. And Elizabeth was like, what? Like, you don't just randomly go shouting out women's names that you hope your spouse ends up with one day if something happens to you. And Elizabeth was also like sure to point out that Lynn never said, if I die, I want him to marry Spring. She specifically said, if anything ever happens to me. And Elizabeth believes now that in that moment, it was a cry for help from Lynn that she just wasn't able to interpret at the time. After the family learns about Spring, the police presented to the boys that their father was a suspect in their mother's disappearance. They proposed that one, either Carrie was directly involved in murdering their mom, or two, their mother did in fact commit suicide and that their father had covered it up from shame. The boys do not believe that their father has ever told the truth about what happened to their mom. The police are unable to find any evidence that links Carrie or anyone to Lynn's disappearance. And since they didn't have a body at the time, there was honestly really no evidence at all in Lynn's case outside of that note. Now, two years went by until November 1st, 2016. And Aaron and his two daughters are walking in the woods on the edge of the family farm and they stumble upon a human skull. Aaron called 911 and he knew right away that the skull had to be the remains of his mother. The skull was laying on its side and Aaron could easily see fillings in the teeth. He just knew that this was his mom. Forensic investigators recovered a complete human skeleton that had never been buried and dental records went on to confirm that it was in fact Lynn Messer. Authorities could not figure out how her remains were missed for so long by the search team. Where her body was discovered was directly below where the cows had been moved the morning of her disappearance. The dogs could have easily been distracted by the cows and like never came upon her because her scent would have been covered. Carrie went on TV basically saying that he wasn't worried about the discovery of his wife's body because he knew that nothing found would implicate him or his sons in her disappearance. And what a freaking weird thing to comment on when your dead wife is found. Okay, so the Messer family was finally able to lay Lynn to rest, but forensic investigators haven't been able to determine the cause of death, which only leaves questions for the family and zero closure in this case. Well, guys, that's the case for today. I hope you enjoyed getting ready with me today, and I hope that you have the best day ever. Stay aware and stay safe out there. Bye.